Welcome to the Community Church Podcast, your place to belong. Thanks for taking the time to tune into this week's message. I hope that it blesses and encourages you. But I want to get to our message here, John chapter 21, and, uh, and, and I, want to, I want to talk about riding a bike. You know, water down, man, it's not unusual to be, you know, driving around and, and going around, uh, and hopefully you're going around properly, any other bike riders and all that kind of stuff. But we have a lot of people that ride bikes in the area. You can see them in teams. You can see them in as individuals. Uh, you can see them with the whole gear on, you know, the, the suit, the, ha- the helmet. Uh, you know, they've got the really cool bike, you know, for that. Or you can see kids riding around on their own bike. And it reminds me of one of the most important skills that you need to get and grasp when it comes to bike riding. And it's not balance, although obviously that's important, learning how to balance, having an instinct, you know, knowing when to, you know, jump off of something with your bike and when not to jump off of something with your bike. But one of the most important, critical things that we need to remember when we're riding our bike is is all of those things. But the most important one is what happens when you fall. When you make a mistake or your instinct's not right on or, you know, you're, you're, you know, you hit a pebble or your tire slides out from underneath you or, you know, you hit, you know, the handbrakes. I remember the first time I got a bike with handbrakes, I was like, okay, I got to remember right, left, you know, which one's the front brake, which is the back brake. Because if you hit the front the wrong time going too fast, you're going over your handlebars, right? And, and, but there's something about, and I remember with all the girls, this is the most important lesson to me. Because once they, ha- once they figured out how to ride their bike, the one thing that can keep them from continuing riding their bike is when they fall. Because falling off your bike is not a pleasant experience. There's a lot of scrapes, a lot of, you know, your hands get messed up. And every one of my girls, when they would fall, in fact, I would warn them. I said, listen, once you figure this out, you're still going to have moments where you fall. You're still going to have moments where you slip up and, and you make a mistake or a, a you know, misjudgment. And, and what do you do when you fall? And I would look at my girls and I'm like, don't put your head down, get up, dust yourself off and get back on your bike. And here's the reason why. Because I know like any accident that you would have, it creates a sense of hesitation. And when we delay to get back on our bike or let's say it's a car accident and we're a little hesitant to drive again, the longer we wait the more we create a bit of anxiety and fear. And the longer it goes on, the deeper it gets. And then eventually you might find yourself not wanting to get back on the bike. And then if you've ever had the privilege and the joy of riding a bike, especially as a kid, you know the fun that's in it, you will end up having remorse if you don't ever get back on the bike. If you don't ever get back on the bike, you might even get to a place where not only is it regret and remorse that I never did it, but man, you are missing out on some incredible memories as a kid, or even now if you're an adult that loves to ride your bike and whatever, you there's joy in that. You find joy in that. And if there was a list of top 10 life hacks or, or, you know, advice for life, this would be mine. Because it's not just something for riding a bike. It's the same, it's the same principle when it comes to life and more importantly, faith and the faith journey. I can't tell you how many times over the 20 plus years that I've been in full-time ministry, that I've had to say the exact same thing to students or adults or even to myself when I've had moments where I didn't quite, you know, get things right or it's not, I I may have fallen or I may may have made a mistake and I failed in some way. Maybe I didn't do what God called me to do and I know that and I feel like, oh man, I missed 
the marks. We all have those moments. And I would look at students and I'm like, listen, I get it. And that's where you just repent and you get up and you keep moving again because I didn't want them to fall into the trap which would hold them prisoner because of a sense of failure. You know, a, a regret and it just kind of weighs on you and, and I, I just believe that the message that God wants to speak today and the reason why I want to share this is I believe that God wants you to know no matter what happens, dust yourself off, do not hang your head, but put your head up, get back on the bike, get up and keep moving forward. And the reason why I share this message is because last week after I finished my, my, uh, my message about, you know, the harvest in our lives and how, you know, Paul says to the church in Galatians, Galatians chapter six, and, and again, the context, if you didn't catch last week's message, which by the way, just so you know, two things, uh, if you miss the live cast, you know, the live stream, it stays up on YouTube. It's there. You can watch it any time of the week, all that kind of stuff. You don't have to, although I'd love to have you watch it live, but, but it's okay. You can catch up a little bit later. And by the way, some of you, when we did the survey, you were wondering about the whole live stream. Are we going to keep doing this? Listen, live stream is here to stay. We're going to continue to do this regardless of the phase that we're in as far as reopening. When we come back in the building, that's why we're working out all of these little bugs so that we can have a good online uh, service for those that aren't able to make it, whether it's shift workers or, you know, maybe you're not feeling well or maybe you're at the cottage right now and you're enjoying some sunshine, but you still want to, you know, see what's going on in your local church. We're going to keep doing that. But it amazes me, you know, like... You know, when, when, when people have these moments, and last week when I was sharing this in Galatians chapter 6, where, you know, Paul says, listen, you know, the context is, I'm asking you to continue to invest in the ministry. And there was a group of people that was trying to convince the church in Galatia to stop doing it. And he basically said, you guys are ignoring the counsel of God. And he said, here's something that is an unchanging law. That God says, listen, whatever you sow, you will reap. Whatever harvest you have, it's the result of what you have sown in your life or how you've sown. And I talked about the vision that we have for our lives. And does our vision line up with God? And if it doesn't please God, if it doesn't meet the heart of God or God's ways, we're sowing in the flesh. And therefore, we're going to have a limited experience in life. But if we sow in God, it's going to be blessed. It's going to be full. It's going to be everything that God intended for our lives. And I asked this question. I said, you know, so does, does your harvest please God? And if not, we need to switch gears. And I started thinking about that because how many of us, even though we see or know that we need to switch gears, how many of us struggle, struggle with switching gears? It's not an easy thing. But the thing is, you got to know something. There is something powerful about the grace and the redemptive work of Jesus that God uses as a catalyst to turn us around. That was the MO of Jesus. Jesus, this was his skill set, man. This is what he loved to do with everyone. And boy, I'll tell you, there's nobody, I don't think, in Scripture that, is, that experienced this firsthand as much as Peter did. Now, if you're not familiar with Peter, Peter was one of the disciples, but really he was probably the leader among the disciples, you know, that was recognized by all of his peers. And Jesus was, you know, leaning on him and pushing him and prepping him for, you know, some very significant leadership, you know, after Jesus resurrected and, and leaves. And, and now the disciples who switched into that apostle mode, you know, and they're taking on the lead of the church. Peter took on a significant role. 
And there was a moment in his life that if you were to ask Peter, Peter, you know, what's the biggest failure you ever had? I guarantee you he's going to go back to this moment. There was a moment in, you know, uh, the Last Supper before Jesus was arrested and tried and, and, and killed, you know, crucified. And before he rose again, there was a moment that Peter had at the Last Supper with all of the disciples and Jesus himself. And Jesus was talking about what's about to happen. And Peter, in true, you know, Peter nature, he, he gets a little bugged and irritated. He had a little bit of a temper. And, and, and he was like right there. And he's like, there's no way, Jesus, I'm not letting this happen to you. And, and Jesus turns to him at the table. And he's like, Peter, I get that. The problem is, and the reality is that Peter, over the next few moments... You're actually going to disown me. You're going to deny me three times. Three individuals are going to claim that, they, that, you, that you know me. And you're going to say no in the midst of the pressure and the heat. And you just need to know that's what's going to happen. And you're going to hear a rooster crow. And it's going to, it's going to remind you of the words that I've just shared with you. And then you fast forward. And the very thing that Jesus predicted Happened. Luke chapter 22, verse 61 to 62. I love how Luke puts this moment. It's so descriptive. And, and it catches, you know, it's almost like a movie type of thing. Listen to this. The moment after, again, exactly what Jesus said was going to happen, happened. Three individuals came to Peter while he was standing in the courtyard while Jesus is being accused and arrested and all this kind of stuff. And they're like, hey, you're, you're, you're one of the guys that traveled with Jesus. And he's like, no, 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 not me. And he did it three times. And on the third time, Luke describes it this way. When the rooster crowed, just as he predicted, it says this, verse 61. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. And then Peter remembered the word that the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And then he went outside and he wept bitterly. That word bitterly is this idea of grieving. Grieving. There's this deep remorse in that moment. He recognized. Just think about that. It's like, it's like out of a movie, man. You know those moments in a movie or a show that's really intense and, and two people catch eyes. It's like everything stops around them. And all the chaos and all that's going on, Jesus hears the rooster crow and he turns and his eyes just meet with Peter as if, Peter, remember what I said? And Peter starts to remember it. What a powerful, powerful moment. The word bitterly here, though, at the root, talks about somebody almost like a sharp, uh, piercing edge went right through him. He was wounded. He knew I just failed Jesus in one of the most critical moments as a leader. Begs this question. Have you ever felt that way? You ever have a moment in your faith journey or maybe last week when I was saying about what's the harvest in your life? What, what are you sowing and what's being produced inside of you? Because no matter what you sow, it's going to produce something. You ever asked yourself, man, what do I do? Like, have I, have I felt that way? Have I really felt? I know I have. I've, I've, man, I've had moments in my life, significant moments where I can relate to the dagger, where, where it's, like, it's like I know that I messed up here. 
I know that I'm not hitting my stride. I know that things aren't really aligned with the heart of God right now, and it's really bothering me. And, and can I just share, if you feel that way, let me give you a word of encouragement. Don't get upset about that feeling. That's called conviction. And it's the thing that God uses by His Spirit. And it's not condemnation. Condemnation is the feeling that we feel. And God would never want you to feel condemnation because He would never want you to feel like He wants to bury you for what you did. I mean, think about it. In this moment, you know, as a leader, when I look at this moment, I look at it going, man, if I'm Jesus, I'm second-guessing whether Peter can do the job. Man, things got intense, and I don't know if, if, if Peter really has what it takes to lead the church. He could have done that, but he didn't. Do you know what he did? He extended grace. You want to know why he extended grace? You want to know why he chased after Peter? And that's, and that's what we see in John chapter 21, and I'll get there in a second, to remind you of, of the most powerful moment of grace and redemptive work that, that you can see in the way of an example in Scripture is this moment for me. And he could have walked away, but he didn't turn. You want to know why he didn't turn? I'll tell you why. Jesus never turns his back on us, especially when our heart is repentant, especially when we sense conviction. Man, conviction is meant to wake us up. Conviction is meant to just spark, you know, this thought of, man, what am I supposed to do? And, it, and it's meant God uses it as a catalyst to begin to focus us back to what he wants for our lives. Conviction is a good thing. But the reason why Jesus does this, and I don't know who this is for today, and, and hopefully it's for everyone, but I know there might be somebody that's watching this right now, whether live or a little later on in the week or maybe you know this evening or whatever it is, but maybe it's like two years from now. I have no idea. The reason why God always extends grace and always pushes to get you back up on your quote-unquote bike or your faith journey is because he knows that you're not perfect. Man, he knows Peter's not perfect. He knew that firsthand. He saw a lot of imperfect moments with, you know, with Peter. And like Peter, all of us, none of us are perfect. We all have moments where we make a mistake. Sometimes it's intentional because we're wandering from God. Sometimes it's unintentional and we don't realize and we slip into doing it. And even in those moments, it doesn't matter. It's still something that, that doesn't align with the heart of God. And God calls us to repentance and he brings that sense of conviction. But he extends grace in that moment too. So if you've ever felt that way, I want you to know that he extends grace towards you today. And you need to hear the voice of God saying, get back up. And he did that with Peter. John chapter 21, this is, verse 14 says that, that this is the third time that Jesus has seen them and connected with them since his resurrection. That's an important thing to note. Just put that off to the side because we're going to get there in a second. And so he sits down with them again for a meal. And I love this in front of all of the guys. He looks at, you know, Peter, and like I said, when he's saying, hey, do you love me? You know, what he's saying is, listen, he might as well said, listen, Peter, if you really love me, because that moment of failure would give everybody, including the guys, because remember, this isn't just a private moment. You know, Jesus isn't off to the side. He's have, he just finished the meal, and they're sitting there, and all of the disciples who now have looked at Peter as this leader are watching Jesus firsthand restore Peter to his position of leadership. And he says, listen, Peter, if you love me, meaning if you're really devoted, 
if you're really committed, if you really do love me, if you really have a passion for me, then you will stop what you're doing right now. You know what they were doing? And this is so typical of all of us when we make a mistake. It's so typical when we have a moment where we fail or things are not in stride. It's not quite online. It's so typical for us to either hit neutral or go back to the way we used to do things. We go back to the comfort, the comfort zone. And, and, and that's what they were doing when he found them, especially in this moment, they were out fishing. This is what Peter was doing before Jesus called him to follow him. This is what he did for a living. He went back to his comfort zone. And you know, one of the struggles that I have with the comfort zone or hitting neutral is sometimes we still see the blessing of God inside of our lives, which is a good thing. But can I just tell you, that doesn't mean that where you are is where God wants you to be. That's just grace being unfolded on your lives and the provision of God because he promises. But just because things are still going well doesn't mean that God still doesn't want you to get back up and keep moving forward. And he's like, Peter, if you really love me. You know, when I say that, I hear God saying, Craig, if you really love me, then you would take it out of neutral. You would dust yourself off. And you get back to what I called you to do. And in this case, he said, feed my sheep. He said, I want you to shepherd them. I want you to lead them. I want you to protect them. I want you to be there for them. I want you to provide in every way because I've equipped you for this moment, Peter. Don't go backwards. Don't go to the comfort zone. And that's my word to you today. Don't hold, don't put your head down and walk away and say, I'll never ride the bike again. Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. I don't know who you are. I don't know who needs to hear this right now. Don't do it. Get back up. Dust yourself off and experience the incredible grace of God. Undeserved. You can't do anything to warrant it or garner it. You just get it and get back into the redemptive work of God and watch what he does when we take those steps. Because there are moments where we not only, you know, uh, do the backward thing, even when we do the avoiding thing. It's so typical. I, I, when I was reading the story this week and I knew that God had put this word in my heart and I didn't know what it was going to look like. I didn't know how it was going to unfold. I got to this moment at verse 14 and I read to you today at the very beginning, verse 15 on, and, and verse 14 says, this is the third time. And I, it, it grabbed my heart. I was like, man, third time. It's the third time. And now Jesus is having the conversation on the third time. Do you know, and I know all of us have had these moments where you maybe disappointed somebody or... Maybe you know there's some tension with somebody, and what do we do? And, we, and we, we get into a room with them, and we know that maybe they're not happy with us, or, you know, we kind of hold our head down, or we kind of, what do we do? We kind of avoid them, right? Because we're avoiding the conversation. We, we don't really necessarily want to get into the conversation. Like, I, you know, I, not to relate anything other than, you know, when I, when I watch my, my puppy, you know, and, and my dog's not a puppy anymore. My dog, and my dog does something wrong. And I, you know, I, I bring out the, you know, the, the alpha male, alpha dog, you know, hey, you know, kind of a thing. I don't know if that was really out on TV. But anyways, you know, and, and, uh, and, and instantly my dog 
puts her head down, and then she kind of leans in a little bit, or she'll just kind of scamper to, you know, the opposite direction. And we've all done that. We've gotten in trouble with our parents. We kind of avoid our parents for a few hours or a few days or, you know, whatever we can, because we, we want to avoid it. And I was reading that scripture, and I felt God saying, how many encounters do I have to have with you before you're willing to have this conversation? Like, I wonder if the first two encounters, Peter walked in the room with Jesus and thought to himself, okay, I'm so glad Jesus is here. So awesome. But a man, I'm feeling so much regret for the mistakes I've made. And we kind of put our head down and kind of avoided, or, or we do the casual conversation like, hey, how's it going, Jesus? Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. Hey, glad that you're resurrected. Um, so, oh, sorry, did you need me? Okay, yeah, sorry, Jesus, I have to go. I, I need to go over here. How many of us have had those moments? And we avoid. And the thing about it is Jesus doesn't do well with avoidance, by the way. He just doesn't. And you might, and I might try to avoid God when we know that we failed or we've had a moment where we've made a mistake or we're not hitting our stride in our faith journey. I just got news for you. Not, not only does he not like you making, you know, a return to the comfort zone, and he won't settle for that because he called Peter out for it. He will chase you and I down and he won't let go. He will not settle until he has that conversation with you. So instead of avoiding God, turn to him. Because I'm sure that there's a part of Peter thought to himself, man, you know what? I feel horrible. Jesus is going to be upset with me. He's going to be angry with me. And instead, what he experienced was Jesus restoring him and extending grace to him and putting him back into his position to lead. And one last thing as Rebecca makes her way back. As a side note, I was thinking about this today. Because like I said, no matter who you are, we've all had moments where we've made mistakes, failures. But that doesn't mean God doesn't extend grace. And he's calling out to you and he's like, get back up. But as I was reading this, I came across something that grabbed my eye in the background of what's going on in this moment. You know, when you look at this, remember I said earlier that all of the disciples were watching this happen in front of them. That actually was strategic, I think, on Jesus' part. It was important for Jesus to restore Peter publicly because of the role that he had served among the disciples and the role that he was going to have moving forward. Because going back to that moment where Jesus says, hey, Peter, you're going to deny me three times when they're sitting at the Last Supper. Listen to verse Luke chapter 22, verse 31 to 32. I believe it'll be up on your screen. Jesus also said this to Peter. He said, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you, all of you, as wheat. Meaning, I, there's going to come attack. He wants to come at you. But I have prayed for you. Can I just pause on that for a second? Just think about that. 
Does that not show you how passionate Jesus is for your life? He's like, Peter, I've prayed for you. Listen to what he says, though. Here's why he prayed for him. Not only to, obviously, to, to save him or to strengthen him or equip him. He said, Simon, I'm praying that, that your faith will not fail. And when you have turned back, When you have turned back, strengthen. That word strengthen here is to turn resolutely and go a certain direction. Like, like it's it's leader, it's leading, it's leadership. When you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. And you see where they were prior to this moment in John chapter 21, this third encounter? They were following Peter to the comfort zone. And Jesus warned him and said, I'm praying for you back in Luke chapter 22. The enemy's gonna come at you. He's gonna try to discourage you. He's gonna try to get you to give up. He's gonna try to get you to put your head down and walk away and never fulfill what God's called you to fulfill and to be. And Jesus is in the background and he was doing it long before this moment in John chapter 21, long before the resurrection. He's like, listen, man, listen, Peter, you're going to deny me. And the enemy is trying to get you off of your bike. Your faith journey. And I'm praying for you. I'm cheering you on. Hear my voice. I'm saying, get up. Get up. Because I have a plan and a purpose for your life. I want you to experience my grace. I want you to experience my mercy. I want you to experience the depth and the width of my love. I want you to know what it's to be an heir, a joint heir, and the fullness that I have for you. But here's another reason why. Because Peter... I've called you to strengthen or to give leadership, direction to your brothers when I'm gone. And then fast forward, John chapter 21. Jesus sees them out fishing with Peter, whose that was his career before he came to follow Jesus. And they're back doing it again. And he looks at Peter and says, Peter, but if you really love me, You'll stop doing that. And you get back to shepherding. You get back to what I told you I wanted you to do in Luke chapter 22. I want you to lead your brothers. Can I just say this? Part of the reason why God says, get up, get back on your bike spiritually, is because it's not all about you. It's about your family. It's about our students, our next generation, our young adults in our, in our church and in this, in this community. It's about the lost. It's about the mission. And you'd be surprised because I believe what happened in this moment is that when Peter was restored, I think it gave, it inspired and encouraged all of the other disciples. Man, if Jesus can restore from that moment, no matter what mistake I've made, 
no matter what mistake I make making moving forward, not that I want to make mistakes, but if I make mistakes, he's only going to extend grace and call me back. And his redemptive work is going to establish me so I can, in the analogy, ride my bike again. Get back to my purpose. And I don't know who you are today. I know I needed to hear this word. I hope it encourages you. Would you join me right now in prayer? In fact, would you take just a few moments? And if that's you right now and you feel like you've failed God, or you wonder if you have, or maybe last week you're like, yeah, I know some things I need to realign with God. Would you just take a few moments right now and just say, Jesus, I just wanna, I just wanna come back to you. I'm gonna turn to you. I'm gonna lift my head. And I'm gonna get back up and ex- receive your grace and walk in your redemptive work right now. Thanks for listening in to this week's message. Be sure to follow us on all social media to stay updated with everything Community Church. Also check us out at www.com.